G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. It's great to have you here today. My name's Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, it's my job to help us guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message that you can grow in your faith every single week. Today, Chris and I wrap up part three of the Be Rich series. We really hope you enjoy this conversation talking about what love really requires of us. If you haven't already, we really want to encourage you to participate in the Be Rich series with Beyond by giving either your time or your financial resources. So please head to www.beyondchurch.com.au to find out how you can partner with us to impact your local Too good. Chris, it's the last part of Be Rich. It's a bittersweet thing because Be Rich ending means Christmas starts pretty soon. But also, Be Rich is like one of the best times of the year. Well, the good news is that Be Rich isn't finished until the end of November. Just the series is finished. You know? Oh, right. I didn't, sorry. I should have known that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So we're still, you know, we're still taking uh, give, you know, you can still give to our non-profit yeah. partners until the end of November. You can still, plenty of opportunities to serve still. Um, That's awesome. Do you have an update yeah. of the figure, the tally of how much we've, we've raised so far for our partners? Uh, I don't as of... I don't have a different number yeah. because obviously we're recording this um, just so everyone's aware. We're recording this on Monday and uh, and I got that last figure from the message right before um, we did the message just over the weekend. So I don't have an updated figure from yesterday, but it was- but It's a great figure. It was $2,162 and I think 85 cents. I want to say 85 cents. Yeah, that's yeah. a great, great memory there as well. But that's awesome that we have been able to, well, I'm assuming we haven't given any money away yet, but when we do, when we give that sum away, that is just... We, we want to wait until everyone has had the opportunity to give and then we'll give it all away. Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Uh, so we'll jump in and we, mm. we, as we said, we're doing part three of Be Rich. We're really focusing on this thing called love. We Just love love, don't we, Chris? We love love. Who doesn't love love? Particularly <laughs> coming into the Christmas season. Right. You know, there's so many Christmas great season. Christmas movies that revolve around love yeah what i found really interesting chris is that you managed to not just talk about love but you gave us basically a history lesson um i don't know how you managed to pick you know to fit so much into what, a 25 minute message we got history of the old testament the new testament like basic christian kind of history or i don't know it was just a lot in in a 25 minute period and then to be talking about love i was like this is incredible um, it, it, yeah, look, right. well, I just don't think when you, it's such a hard thing to explain, uh, the love that Jesus kind of, and what that means without referencing and, and help it bringing people into the story of, uh, the old Testament and how that relates to, to the new Testament. So I'm glad, I'm glad it was, I was a bit worried that it was a little too cumbersome, but I'm glad you, you didn't feel that way. Oh, it was great. Um, I mean, this is probably one of the beyond the messages. Usually it's pretty casual conversation. Mm. It's all, it's going to be casual today. Um, but there are two key concepts, which you probably, uh, we can give a quick overview, but it will be helpful for you to listen to or watch beyond home. If you haven't already, if you didn't attend on Sunday, um, just to get your head around these two things, these ones called vertical morality and horizontal morality. Now, I'd never heard of the concepts before Sunday, so it's not as if they're key Christian concepts you need to know. They're more so just lay a foundation of the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah, exactly. And they're not even like if you, if you look up in a 
theological textbook, you're not going to find anywhere written vertical morality and horizontal morality. Did you create I, I this? Just, is it is it a Chris Podlick creation? No, no, it's not. It's it's definitely not. I um I actually got this concept off Andy Stanley, um and and I just thought it. I just sort of put handles really well on, um the old and the new that Jesus came to introduce into the world. And so um, in a nutshell, uh, we looked at the idea in the message that uh, when we're, you know, for those of us who grew up in church or um, who have been Jesus followers for a while, chance are we got a Bible and we look at this Bible and we think of the Bible because it's packaged as one document. We kind of think it's one book. Um, but the reality is when you look at the collection of documents, it's actually broken into two kind of groups, the old Testament and Testament, that word actually means like covenant or agreement. Um, and the old Testament is not actually one covenant. It's actually num a number of covenants that God makes and God makes these covenants with the nation of Israel specifically. So it's a brand, it's like, it's a covenant with a group of people. Um, and, and a lot of, and because of that, it is very much focused on vertical morality and vertical morality is this idea that my relationship with God is gauged by obedience to the laws of God. So mm. like God has some rules that I need to keep. Um, and if I keep those laws, then God and I are sweet. That's kind of the way I said it. Uh, and, and the reason that vertical morality works this way again is because it's with a nation, right? So God is not saying for individuals, he's sort of saying, Hey, here's the way that you should live as a nation in relation to other nations. Okay. And, um, and you see this, um, particularly when you look at the, uh, you know, the 10 commandments, you know, the, the 10 commandments is, is a prime example of, um, of the mosaic covenant. Um, and it says like, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. it right. And so it's, it's quite obvious when you start to read it, you're like, Oh, this is written to Israel, like not to me. Um, and so that was this idea of vertical morality, just getting, just getting people to understand that, um, that that was really the old covenant, but unless you're a Jew, um, and if you're a Jesus follower, we actually live under a new covenant. We actually live under a new relationship. Um, and that relationship is not specific to the nation of Israel. It's specific to all people from everywhere. And that's where that kind of term horizontal morality comes in. Cause the new that Jesus introduced into the world, was a, a covenant or a, a relationship with God that wasn't specific to a nation, but was specific to all peoples of all nations. That's cool. I think we'll, we'll jump into horizontal mm. morality more in a second. Okay, sure. Um, just want to camp out with this vertical morality um, yeah. kind of view of Christianity. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the old, right? So you're saying that this is, it's something that did exist and now lo no longer exists. Well, that depends on your worldview. Sure. Okay. It's, so, for example, um, uh, Jews um, don't have a New Testament to their to their Bible because for Jews, it's just the Hebrew Scriptures, right? There is no New Covenant for the Jewish people because they're still expecting the Messiah. Whereas Jesus followers, we believe that Jesus is the the Savior of the world. We believe that Jesus is what the Old Testament prophets and um, the Torah point towards as the savior of the world. And so we actually have these documents um, and Jew, Jews believe that Jesus was a good teacher and a good rabbi, but they don't believe he was a savior. So they wouldn't, you know, include the new Testament documents. Right. So, but would you say that some Christians potentially still live under this vertical morality? I mean, if it's, if it's the old way, we're, we're sure. used to that. We're used to rules and we, we can 
agree that um, that there are some rules that we should follow. But do you, do you think that that most Christians are actually in that space of, of that's what they, they view faith as vertical morality? Um, I wouldn't say most Christians. I wouldn't want to go that far. But I would say that there's definitely, and and I mean, I, I definitely was someone who uh, who lived this way. And, and, and it wasn't necessarily, and I kind of hinted at it in the message. It's not necessarily because, um, you know, we deliberately do it or Jesus followers deliberately do it. I think it has more to do with actually the packaging of the Bible is we kind of grow up and we're kind of like here, God gave, God gave the 10 commandments and God gave the 10 commandments. So we just think, oh, it's part of one book. So it must, all this stuff must apply to us um, without realizing, well, hang on a minute. No, I'm, I'm actually not an Israelite. I'm actually not Jewish and God didn't give these specifically to me. Right. So what happens then is we kind of get this mishmash and we smuggle some of these old covenants that weren't made to us and don't apply to us, but we smuggle them into our lives and our way of thinking and our way of living out faith now. Right. So if, if you're a Christian or, you know, you're new to faith and you're seeing this like vertical morality that, it, that faith is all about, following a set of rules and, and if yep. you maintain a relationship with God by doing the right thing, then you're good. Um, we know, well, I guess we're suggesting through this, through this podcast, through your message on mm. Sunday, that horizontal morality is where Jesus wants us. So and therefore vertical is, is no longer, but how would we begin or how would a Christian or someone who's new to this begin to undo that, that view of vertical morality and step into horizontal morality? Yeah. Well, before I answer that question, I just want to clarify something for people who are listening. Um, Cause what, what I, what I um, think is really important to note is, so there's these two big kind of theological words um, that people will use at Bible college and seminary. One's called justification and one's called sanctification, right? Big words. Justification means like how we are saved. Sanctification is this word is like how we live out our faith as a result of being saved. This, these two terms, vertical and horizontal morality, are not how we're saved, right? We're saved because of Jesus's, Jesus's life, death, and resurrection on the cross in our place for the, for the forgiveness of our sins, right? That's, that's just this. What we're talking about here with vertical and horizontal morality is how we live out our faith in right. light of the fact that Jesus has saved us. So I think that's, that's just the one thing um, I kind of want to highlight I think the easiest way to start to shift our thinking is to begin to recognize a really uncomfortable truth. And the uncomfortable truth is that every single person is someone that Jesus died for. Um, every single person is somebody that Jesus died for, which means, because, because you know, there's that old like Bible, you know, that little Sunday school song like Jesus loves me. <laughs> you know that one? And classic. Did it well, Chris. You did it well. Classic. Thank you. And and really that's all about Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. The reality is Jesus died for everybody, including me, but he died for everybody, which means everybody is someone that Jesus views as worth giving up his life for. Now, when you think about that, that kind of takes a spin on things, right? Cause, cause if, if Jesus thinks that everyone is worthy of giving up his life for, then there's no possible way that you could mistreat someone who Jesus cares so much about that he would die for and still be okay with God. Like that just doesn't, yeah. that just doesn't make logical sense. You know, you, you know? Yeah. So, so 
really horizontal morality centers around other people. Yeah, it, it recognizes it, it's it's getting us to understand that every single time we're eyeball to eyeball with someone, regardless of what we think about them, the person we're looking into the eyes of is someone that Jesus gave his life for. Wow. What does that practically look like? If, you know, like uh, we didn't die for those people, right? Like we're not the ones that did the thing for those people. What does it actually look like in, in real time as a real person that follows Jesus to live under this horizontal morality, you know, this, this uh, reality that everyone, um, you know, this, that, ev- that Jesus died for everyone. That's, that's yeah. just a crazy thing to think, right? I, well, I, I kind of, I gave the question on the weekend and I think I just don't know any other way to say it than, than to ask that question. And this is again, not a question that I came up with. Um, but the question is simply, you know, asking that question, like what does love require of me? Because practically, in different situations, this, this looks really, really different. Sometimes it's about holding, holding your tongue and, and not saying the thing you want to say. Sometimes it's about saying the thing that needs to be said, but saying in a, in a way that will be received well. Um, sometimes it's about changing the way in which you interact so you're not as icy or cold towards um, that person. Sometimes it, it means, you know, because of the relationship with the person, you're, you're never going to see that person again, maybe, or you're never going to engage with that person again. But sometimes it has more to do with the way in which you talk about that person behind their back. Um, and the things that you say about that person that you'll never see again, but now people in your circle here. And so for me, what it looks like is asking that question, what does love require of me? Because <clears throat> that's the question that, that led Jesus to the cross. Jesus was very clear that, that love required of him to lay down his life. And so for us to ask that question, well, what does love require of us? How do, how do we look for ways to lay down our needs and our wants to love the people who are standing across from us? Yeah. I think as well, what you highlighted on the weekend was that it's not just the person standing across from us in our circle. Um, it's every person, like every person ever, not just the people you don't know, the people you know, and the ones that you probably don't get along with too well. You yep. might have some problems. You might have some history. Um, mm. And I just want to ask you, what does it look like to, to do something or to, to love somebody or to do what love requires of you for someone in that group of people who are kind of in the outer uh, mm. of your life, the people who mm. have, have annoyed you in the past or you've got, you know, you've got that history with them. Sometimes. And, and again, this is different depending on the circumstance. Like, again, I, I, I don't want to pretend that because I'm sure there are people out there who are listening to the podcast and, you know, maybe they've gone through a horrific divorce or a horrific breakup, or there's been some workplace bullying. And and I'm not saying that this with, you know, that what you should do is go and become their best friend. I'm not saying that (laughs) at all, but, but in some scenarios, what that means is that, you know, you just stop talking trash about them because, because what love requires of you is, you know, not necessarily to repair that relationship because in some cases, particularly with, you know, um, divorce and particularly with breakups, like there's nothing to repair sometimes. Um, and that person, the other person doesn't want to hear from you. You don't want to hear from them. But sometimes the best thing is just to stop talking trash about them. Um, sometimes what love requires of you is to actually, uh, is to actually ask God to forgive, you know, forgive you for holding on to stuff that wasn't yours to hold on to. Um, 
So I think that's part of it. I think sometimes, you know, when those relationships are not that dire and it's just someone you kind of have had a bit of a falling out with, what it might require of you is to be the first one to say sorry. Because that's always the worst, right? When you get into a fight and you're like, well, I'm kind of right, but they're kind of wrong. And I just, you know, and then you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one to reach out. I don't want to be the one to say, um, I'm sorry. And, uh, and I think asking that question, what does love require of me changes the approach? Mm. Yeah. And it, and it does highlight that the way of love, as you said on Sunday is far less complicated, but far more de- demanding. Like it's quite simple. We, you know, the, you might not have the correct, uh, way in which you're like, yes, this is how I execute my, you know, reconciliation with this person, but you know, you need to do it. You know, you know that something needs to happen in that space. And so it's, it's, it's not very complicated. If you put your mind to it, I'm sure that you could think of some ways to, to be involved in restoring some relationships or just and sometimes, it. honestly, it's just as simple as like, Hey, things are awkward between us. Can we talk about that? Or like, I'm, I don't like it that, that I don't know the solution, but I just know this is not comfortable. So can we talk about that? And sometimes yeah. it's just that simple starting the conversation. Yeah. And, and like to highlight it, it is more demanding. Like yeah. it's going to require more of you. And, but also if you decide to do something like that this week, if listening to, to beyond and then beyond the messages prompted you to do something like that, like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to take a moment, if we could, you know, Chris and I, we just say thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's a big step to take in a relationship, uh, in a friendship you have in a, you know, one that's struggling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to say thank you. Cause that's, that's really incredible that you would go and, and do that. And I think it takes courage as well. You know, if you, if you're doing it, um, it that takes a lot of courage because this isn't natural. Like this isn't, this isn't something that, that we do naturally. And if you're listening to this, you know this because you hear people, in your workplace, whinge about people behind their back, but they won't talk about it. They won't do Mm. what love requires of them. And so, Mm. you know, you hear your friends whinge and moan about, Oh, that one friend who never returns my texts or never gets to a place on time. It's like, well, do what love requires of you and have a conversation about it. Like, yeah. um, So yeah. Thank you for having the courage. That's it. It is a courageous act. And recognizing that horizontal morality. Yeah. It, it does require a lot more of you and your, and yourself and your soul and your energy um however the way of jesus is 10 times more rewarding can i put it 10 times i'm just going to say infinitely right infinitely more rewarding that's you can't lose if you say <laughs> that's right and um as we wrap up chris we mm-hmm. kind of gave this awesome for monday uh yeah. which i thought was brilliant um do something thoughtful for someone who who will be surprised you thought of them um that's a i love that i love that so much uh, I was just wondering if we could brainstorm some ways that our community can do thoughtful things to someone this week. Yeah. So I've, off the top of my head, just a few. Yeah. Uh, if you're a parent of a, um, of a primary schooler or a high schooler, uh, you, could, you could write a letter or you could write a thank you card to the teachers of your children. Great idea. Um, to say thank you for what they do. If, you've, if your children have maybe tutors or a coach, you could, again, write a thank you card. Um, and just say thank you to them. Um, something else just random is you could, you could pay for someone's pay someone's rent or pay someone's Ooh, electricity bill. I like that. Um, That's big. Month. It's good though. Yeah. That's cool. I was thinking for young people, Chris, I'm, yes. I'm young, yeah. I'm hip. Um, you are with it. You've got to be with it. I've got to be it. That's right. Exactly. And 
and Birkenstocks. Uh, that always helps. Um, Do you eat you hummus? Know, I eat hummus. A lot little, of hummus. Little message joke there. <laughs> uh, you know, like young people, as in, you know, mm-hmm. 17 to whatever, you know, yep. like every meal out is like a sacrifice. There's, you know, like every time you go out to, to have lunch, it's like, it's a big deal. You know, got to work out whether you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Pay for someone's lunch, give, slip them 20 bucks, send them $20 is probably the best way to do it. Um, yep. Just, just go with, you know, just send it, send it to them um, yep. and, and bless them with that. I think that's a, that's a really thoughtful way you could uh, help out a young person this week. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. It might be, um, you know, if you've got a brother or sister and you know, they struggle with a particular subject at school, it could be just sitting alongside them and saying, Hey, let me, let me give you a hand. Yeah. This. Just reach, just reaching out. Could help an old lady cross the road. I've never seen that happen. Like it's such a classic, like help, you know, do nice things in your community, like help an old lady cross the road. I've just never seen it happen. Have you? I don't, I don't never known where it comes into play. Anyway. No, the only, the only thing I can think of the scene that I think of in my head is that scene from the Simpsons where um, Homer's trying to get into heaven. And um, and he tries to help an old lady cross the road as a ghost, right. and he accidentally <laughs> drops her. Classic. That's great. <laughs> Classic Simpsons reference. That's good. Love this Simpsons. But yeah, I feel like get creative. Like um, tailor it to the person that you're thinking of. Um, There's have- some ways on our website and on our Instagram stories during the week. We'll be actually that? doing one of those. I don't know what they're called. I don't know the technical name, but you know, when you like hold it, like a whole bunch of things flicker. And when you hold down on it, it'll show you one of them. It'll stop on one of them. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So there'll be some of those for, for parents, for high schoolers, for adults, for families. Um, yeah. yeah. So you can just awesome. pick your age group, do it. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing the stories of people who both blessed people and who were blessed this week. I think that'll be really cool heading into our Sunday environment to hear all sorts of, cool stories from the week. It's yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait awesome. Yeah. Anything, Chris, to just wrap up? Um, do we, do you want to expand any points or just bring anything else for this message? No, not really. I think it, I think that's it. Like it, it's, and it sounds so simple, right? Mm. It just sounds so simple, but, but the reality is, and um, the reality is it is really, really demanding. And I think this is perhaps an, an opportunity to highlight, um, this idea that we sometimes talk about in Christian circles, you know, that, that term deep when, when there's people who just say, Hey, I just want to go deep. Like <laughs> Lockie, I just want to go deep. Yeah. And I think this is the deep that Jesus is actually talking about because, because what deep means when you think about it is to actually be out of your depth. If you're in something deep, you're out of your depth. That's when, I, well, I didn't even consider that. That's good. So when you're out of your depth with something, you're uncomfortable, right? And, and I always joke because I heard someone say, if you really want to go deep, what you should do is you should sell up your house, you should move into the middle of the city and you should adopt a foster child from another country. <laughs> and, and I think this is like, this is one of those things that, that this kind of message and what Jesus is talking about here, this whole idea of horizontal morality, he's kind of like, Guys, this is deep, like, because this is hard. Mm. This is uncomfortable. This puts you out of your depth to treat people that you don't agree with and you don't even really like yeah. the way that I would treat them. And I don't think you can get any more deep than that. That's so good. So the question, what does love require of me, is potentially the deepest question you could ever ask as a, as a follower of Jesus. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah, I mean, 
Chris, you married me. By, I mean, you performed my marriage ceremony. I never know how to tell people. <laughs> Chris and I are married. Chris married me and Molly. <laughs> yep. And you know, you asked that you you did say that question in our in our wedding um, is a little little message sermon. And as like it, that's the right question to ask when things aren't going well, when when I'm mad or annoyed or whatever emotion I feel like that is still the right question to ask. And it is it is such again it never becomes an old question and even this is i mean this is just a little lens into into my life which is pretty boring um but i i came home after the message last night we went out for dinner and um emma and i had to make the bed and i we literally nearly got into the stupidest argument and i can't even remember what it was (laughs) it was so stupid probably like buttoning up the doona and i literally said to emma i was like i've got to stop talking or I'm going to get into an argument over the most ridiculous thing. Like I've just got to stop. Cause in my mind, I'm just thinking like, Chris, you just said to everyone, what does love require? Of me? <laughs> Sometimes it's just like, stop talking, Chris. Yep. No, no, I feel that so, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah, again, it's something that just never, it always comes up and it's always applicable. Yeah. That's so good. Well, that's a great uh, place to just wrap up for today. We hope you enjoyed be rich. I love Be Rich. It's, uh, it's a great, great time of year. I've said that and I will continue to say it and I can't wait to bring in Be Rich for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but please, again, please consider um, participating in our, in our awesome campaign. Uh, 100% of the money goes away to our nonprofit partners and we would love to, to give them as much as we can. So we've already cracked the $2,000 mark, um, double it, triple it, whatever you can do. And we would love to see it because that's just going to impact so many people. Yeah. And to everyone who has given and everyone who is serving over the coming weeks, thank you so much for doing good and um, for showing what horizontal love looks like and for showing the love of Jesus and letting people know that everybody matters to God, whether God matters to them or not. Too good. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. And we will see you next week. Yeah. New series. New series. How good. I can't wait to sit down with you again. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. See you, mate. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the Beyond the Message podcast. As we've mentioned throughout this series, uh, we really want to encourage you to get involved with the Be Rich campaign. So please head to www.beyondchurch.com.au to see how you can partner with us to impact our local community. Apart from that, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.